Is it challenging to attend social gatherings with your neurodivergent child? Parenting a neurodivergent child can bring its own unique set of joys and challenges, especially when it comes to navigating social events and family gatherings. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to make these events smoother and more enjoyable for both you and your child. Navigating this first begins with recognizing your child's unique needs because every child is one of a kind. Once we understand their specific requirements, we can take steps to transform these overwhelming events into opportunities for growth and connection. I'm Katie Keene, and you are listening to Her Home and Heart Podcast, where we conquer overwhelm by pursuing balance through holistic living, holistic homeschooling, and family connections. You are in the right place if you want to replace frustration with peace and master creating a loving sanctuary in your home. So what can you do to support your child through situations that might otherwise make gatherings completely overwhelming? Today, we're going to dive into a whole range of ideas and solutions. You can pick and choose the strategies that best suit your family. And by the end of this short episode, you're going to be equipped with some practical tools to help you confidently navigate social gatherings with your neurodivergent child and create good memories that hold a sense of joy and understanding for everyone involved. All right, you are getting ready to have an entire holiday season. And for some of us, that's very exciting. And for others of us, that can bring with it a sense of anxiety and fear. So I'm really looking forward to just covering a few tips with you. There are seven, and you can pick and choose from these. You might even want to use them all, but just baby step into it and just pick the one that seems the most comfortable for you and for your child, and then layer them in as you go. The first thing that you can do is something that I actually learned a lot about in our neurodevelopmental training when we were involved in a neurodevelopmental institute. They were helping us to understand child development and brain development and really be able to teach our children how to function in the world around them because the goal is to allow our children to be the most independent that they can. So tip number one is to create a visual schedule. This is an amazing tip. It can be as simple as showing your children pictures of what a table setting might look like, what a holiday gathering might look like, what the sounds might be at a party. You can go and create your own flashcards for this. You can find books that might have pictures or just pull up some images online. Now, when it comes to making an actual visual schedule, that's a little bit more complicated, but not that bad. This is going to allow your child to see what to expect. And for as much as you can, it will help your child to have that framework of knowing what's going to happen by including breaks, transitions, and quiet times simply so that they can feel in control of their day. The more input that they have to understanding what's going to happen, the less overwhelming it will be for them. If you can establish a schedule, even if it's one that only you and your child keep, independent of the rest of the gathering, this is going to truly help your child feel secure like a safety net, like I said, a framework. And especially if your child is one who thrives on structure, that's a very important thing to offer to your child. And you can just let the event organizer know that even though you're going to be attending, there may be times when you disappear. And that's okay because you're going to be off supporting your child. So number one is create a visual schedule. Go over it with your child. That might mean even bringing the paper with you or making little cards so your child can just hold up the card to show you what part of that schedule they need most right now. (laughs) Be as creative as you want and just work it out with your child. My second tip is noise canceling headphones. These are a very worthwhile investment if your child is willing to wear them. 
One of my children is not willing to wear them, but he he surely could have used them, especially because he had seizures that for a period of time were actually triggered by sound. However, if your child is willing to wear them, this can be something that really does provide a safe haven right in the middle of a noisy environment without having to leave. And it can help them to control the auditory input that they're receiving. The third of the seven tips is to designate a safe person. Appoint a family member or even a friend, somebody who's understanding, and this can even be you and your spouse simply rotating, to be your child's designated safe person. This person is there to provide the comfort and the support when the kid needs it and to take the child to a quiet place when it's needed. And when you pre-establish this, it alleviates the feeling of bitterness or missing out. As an adult, we go to parties expecting it to be like when we were kids and, and then it's just not. And we don't want to have to feel resentful toward our child about that. And if we pre-plan and set up a structure that supports us too as parents while we are supporting our child, it can actually bring peace and structure and safety for us too. I'd like to thank CTC Math for contributing to keeping this podcast on the air. It's a very convenient program for busy moms like you and me. Head over to ctcmath.com and tell them we sent you. Number four is positive reinforcement. Using a reward system to encourage positive social behaviors can really work. You will want to communicate these incentives to your child before the gathering. We're not doing bribery here. (laughs) We're, We're incentivizing, just like somebody establishes what they're going to be paid at a job before they show up. They don't show up and do it and then just have to have boss say, well, you know, if you do this much more, I'll give you X, Y, Z. That's not how it works. We pre-establish it because we're not in the business of bribing. So you will communicate the incentives to your child before the gathering. This is simply to provide motivation and it'll also help reduce anxiety because they'll be focused on something that is exciting and happy. I hate to have to even say this, but I've seen it happen so many times because as moms and dads, we get overwhelmed ourselves. We get overstimulated. We get embarrassed. There can be things that we feel inside that we don't even want to admit. And unfortunately, that can come out as anger or embarrassing our child in front of other people or acting ashamed of them. But please hear me when I say your child is not broken. They are not broken. They just need a different type of support than you expected them to need when they were born and a different type of support than you needed when you were growing up or that their siblings need. So when we pre-plan to support them properly so that we also have set expectations and then we allow a lot of flexibility because things can become a little unpredictable at times, you will find so much more peace. And then praise your child for every baby step they take. That's a really important part of positive reinforcement. Catch them being good. Be as joyous as you can. You do need to be firm about any kind of rules and things that you've set ahead, but you must look for what's good and praise them there and help them win. Help them move through any failure and into success. These little tiny steps add up to huge leaps over time, I promise. All right, let's review the first four before I go back into the next three. First, create a visual schedule. Second, have noise-canceling headphones on hand. Third, designate a safe person or people that can rotate and help your child have that sort of support and it to be expected so the adults are not feeling bitter. Four, have positive reinforcement. Set up some form of a reward system with praise. Number five, you can script your social interactions. You can actually teach your child scripts for very common social interactions because this will ease their social anxiety, especially if they are shy 
or struggle verbally if they have dyspraxia, helping them know what's expected socially, not letting them guess and flounder and be embarrassed and feel unsupported, but just teaching them. This can really actually build confidence and honestly, it can be really fun. (laughs) You can be silly and practice it and just create this positive feeling so that there is so much positivity associated with these scripts even before the event that the child has that sense of joy already attached. And then when they're submerged in what can be an anxiety producing situation, then that's already there in a happy way for them. Number six is allow them to bring some familiar comfort items. Even if it's not something that you have out in public during the actual gathering, if you allow them to bring a familiar comfort item like a toy or a blanket, then when you do go to another safe, quiet place, this would be a thing that your child could have to help their nervous system calm down, to bring them that sense of comfort, help their heart rate lower, something that's familiar, it feels familiar, it smells familiar. It can just bring them back to a safe place emotionally and allow them to be reinvigorated for the next part of the social gathering and being in an unfamiliar setting. So allowing that instead of being embarrassed by it and something you might do if they have a favorite item, see if you can't buy a double a second one just in case something gets lost and um, hopefully they'll attach to it also. And you could even have something specifically special just for a gathering, something that they only get to have when you're at a gathering. Some kids are motivated by that, a very special item just for that time that's extra fun for them. Number seven is check-ins. Just periodically check in on your child. Make sure that you have learned your child's signs. Encourage them also to be open with you so that if they're feeling something but you haven't been able to see it yet on the outside, that you are able to be their safe place where they know it's okay to express their emotions and then receive support from you. So the seven things, create a visual schedule, noise canceling headphones, designate a safe person, use a lot of positive reinforcement, use scripting for the social interactions, bring a familiar comfort item or something that's very exciting for them instead, uh, not in an overstimulating way, (laughs) and do check-ins. Social gatherings really can be this opportunity for amazing growth. It can be a time when we can learn more about our child. They can learn more about the world around them. They can understand and learn about making connections, which is very important. Humans are community-minded, community-based. And so helping our child learn how to be part of community through connection is so important instead of being something that we fear and dread or that they fear and dread. And in this season, this also might look like staying at events for a shorter period of time because we really want to set up our child for success. But being willing to be flexible in this season, even when we wish we could stay longer, it it will help us when we sacrifice a bit there to slowly teach our child the ability to regulate themselves as they grow and mature. And that is so important. I know it can feel like we're alone in this journey. It can feel very isolating. Oftentimes, community people don't understand Sometimes family members, extended family, friends don't understand. I know many, many, many people who have been criticized harshly and then have to go to family gatherings where there are those critical people. The important thing for you is to find a community that does understand. And we offer a community just for that. We have created the Greater Honor Membership. You've heard me talk about it before. I've put the link in the description because I really would love for you to understand what this is. It's a community of families who've decided not to journey alone anymore. 
It's a group of people who want to laugh until we cry together, and we have. We want to pray for each other in crisis. We want to listen and encourage each other through the times of hardship and grief and pain. And we've already walked through quite a bit of that together as well. And we want to learn together so that we can really grow strong enough that we can turn and start to pour out into our local communities too and be the person who is what we needed but we can't find. So we would love to have you walk through life with us. Again, the link's in the description. The doors are not always open, but they are right now. So we would be so honored if you would come and join us before the doors close again. I am praying for blessings upon blessings for you during this holiday season. I know you can do this, and I would love to hear from you. So either find an email and hit reply or come and join the membership. And um, there are a few ways that you can connect with me and with the members of this community. And we would absolutely love to have you. Be blessed. Thanks for listening and spending time with us today. If you know anyone who could benefit from my mom's podcast, please share it and leave a review so others can find us too. See you next time.